Hi, and welcome to The Outside Story, a podcast on TV, film, and media from an outside perspective. I am your co-host, Larry, joined by Jonathan. So this month, we're doing an October Halloween special, and today's episode, we are doing two films, what we call a subgenre of modern horror. So basically, what horror has evolved into throughout the past couple decades when it comes to horror films you kind of see this trend that's kind of going up and down around like the 70s 80s you had slashers actually slashers were pretty prevalent for a long time mm-hmm. and then you had a lot of paranormal films pop up around the 2000s mm-hmm. late 20 uh, late 2010s mm-hmm. and now we have this genre what we're calling modern horror horror has evolved into this epic masterpiece storytelling and we picked two films that we felt were very good examples of this. Mm-hmm. And so today we're talking about The Babadook and A Quiet Place. And so I remember first watching Babadook. Jonathan, you mentioned <laughs> you mentioned uh, you mentioned we watched Babadook after Sixth Sense, right? Yeah, we did. And it was like it was when I came home to visit for I, it was either Thanksgiving or Christmas. I'm pretty sure it was Christmas. We were like, hey, let's watch a scary movie. I'm like, okay, let's watch The Sixth Sense because we hadn't seen it before. I think we both knew the plot twist at the end, you know. Yeah. So we knew that going in. So that wasn't a surprise. Mm-hmm. But the movie itself, it wasn't that scary. It Sure, right. it was creepy. And there mm-hmm. were moments of it that was like, oh, gosh, you know, creepy. But then we weren't that scared. So the next day we were like, oh, let's watch another scary movie. You know, we can do it. We watched The Babadook. And I'm not kidding. The both of us could not sleep like for a couple <laughs> days. It was just. Yeah. It just it just lingered with us, you yeah. know, like it's like the Babadook was watching me the whole time, mm-hmm. you know, it was pretty scary. Do you mm-hmm. want to give a little synopsis about the film? Yeah. So Babadook is about this mother named Amelia. She has a son named Samuel and she is kind of taking care of this kid who is very troubled at school. Like he's very inattentive, doesn't mm-hmm. a very rebellious and he just kind of kinda, annoying. Yeah, kind of annoying. Really Super annoying, annoying actually. And really bugs, really bugs the mother. She has a hard time raising him by herself. And we start to kind of see, like, you know, oh, like a little more of a backstory of like what what kind of went and what happened. While she was going to deliver Samuel on the way there to the hospital, they get into a car accident. Her husband dies. And so she kind of feels like, I guess there's this weird guilt of like, she can't tell if it's like, should she blame her son for her husband's death or, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's like this mourning period. It's a very long mourning period of her trying to uh, move on from her husband's death. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say like, and indefinitely, like her husband's death is always going to be tied to her son. Mm -hmm. And so there's nothing that, there's nothing that she can do about that. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just like her son's birth and her husband's death are just always going to be connected for the rest of her life. And, right. and her son's always going to remind her of her husband's death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So in the film, the son starts raving about this thing that he starts seeing called the Babadook. The mom is like, okay, like, like, what are you tripping about? This isn't, this isn't real. <laughs> you know, I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And then he, and then the son creates like these arsenal of weapons to like combat the Babadook in case it ever comes out. And the thing is, like, the mother would get sleepless nights because of her son's screaming. 
and so she she starts like to be really like tripping and whatnot. So uh, she reads him a bedtime story called Mister Babadook, <laughs> and oh yeah, boy, yeah, she she has she has him pick out the book that night. She's mm-hmm. like, hey, why don't you pick out a book? And he mm-hmm. goes over and grabs the Babadook. <laughs> yeah it's so so creepy as you're like as they're like presenting this the story as she's like reading the book to him (laughs) it's like a pop-up book (laughs) it's so creepy yeah it's Um, so creepy i I know jonathan mentioned he didn't watch he didn't rewatch this film no for the podcast but i did (laughs) and i was so creeped out by this film (laughs) i was like oh my god why did i rewatch this film by myself it's worse by yourself I see. I knew this film was gonna be real bad for me because the first time I saw it, it was real bad. Yeah. So I was like, if I'm gonna watch it again, it's gonna be real bad. And it is like midnight right now. I do not have time to watch this film, so I'm not gonna do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. But I was like, you know what? I remember this being a really good film, so I'm gonna sit there and watch it. And like, because <laughs> the the one iconic scene I remember is when she's in her living room with her son and she's trying to sleep. And then she's like watching TV, like it's kind of in the background, but as she keeps watching TV, she starts seeing like images of the Babadook appear on screen. And she's like, what? Like, I'm hella like trippy. <laughs> like it's a very psychedelic experience. Yeah. And that was the first scene I was looking forward to. I was like, I think that I remember for some reason, I thought that was the very first jump scare, but it wasn't. The first jump scare <laughs> was when he pops out of the closet and starts climbing on the wall, on the ceiling. I'm like, oh my God, I forgot this scene happened. <laughs> See, I know. As you're explaining that, I don't even remember that. Like I, I've buried it inside my inside oh my, my brain. I just don't remember that. The scene that stuck with me was because the whole time, like I think we're like halfway through the film, and you don't even see the Babadook yet. You know, mm-hmm. like you've only seen pictures of him or images of him. Like mm-hmm. no physical manifestation of the Babadook has appeared yet, mm-hmm. and so you're just kind of like, oh crap! Like when is this? monster gonna pop out you know like when is it gonna happen Mm -hmm. and she's literally washing dishes she's washing dishes and she looks out across like there's like a window above her sink and she looks across and the babadook is in her her neighbor's house in her neighbor's house that's the first time you see a physical manifestation of the babadook and i was like oh my god what yeah what? and then you start seeing his iconic imagery like in the daytime too like his shadows yeah <laughs> yeah his shadow you yeah. start seeing like like a jacket and a hat and like boots like mm-hmm. she went to the police station to uh report something and she looks off to the side and she thought she saw the babadook but it was just <laughs> the exact same like his outfit just laid out we're like oh my god that's freaking creepy <laughs> so she's like hella tripping we're hella tripping because we think we see things <laughs> so, so yeah i was like oh my god i'm oh, tripping i can't man. i can't with this film anymore <laughs> oh man but so that's case, yeah yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, what were you gonna say? In case y'all didn't know, Babadook is real scary. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's not. It's not like the jump scares. Like yes, yes, there are a couple jump scares. Yeah. But I think it has this kind of sort of creepiness to it. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of this like oh like, like what is this creature? Like what is happening? And like it's and she's already going through hella stuff with her son and with her the the death of her but her husband. You're just like, listen, she don't need this. You know, she's a single mm-hmm. mother. She's just trying to enjoy or not even enjoy just trying to do life and survive yeah like she doesn't need this monster in her life you know Mm -hmm. but here it is like just kind of showing up wherever you know Mm -hmm. and just keeps coming back 
Right, right. And just keeps coming back. Um, mm-hmm. Did you want to explain the rest of the story? Yeah, so she ends up getting possessed by the Babadook. Mm-hmm. And then the son has to, like, fight his mother. It's kind of snapped the Babadook out of her. And then... Um, yeah, and the whole time the son is keeps on trying to warn her not to let the Babadook get a hold of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then he runs down to the basement, and she goes down to the basement, and she sees, like, all of her husband's stuff, like, old articles, old items. Mm-hmm. And that kind of... I think that kind of releases the Babadook from her, because mm-hmm. that's what the Babadook really is. It's kind of like a manifestation of, like, the guilt. Her grief. Her grief, her, her guilt. Her depression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, all these feelings, bunched up feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I think the husband wore a very similar outfit to the Babadook. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I think, like, at the end, they represent it as, like, the Babadook is an actual creature that they had to tame, that they managed to tame and lock up in the basement. But what I think, you know, like, that's why I really liked this film. This is where modern horror started to transcend a little more, where the creatures and these manifestations are representations of what the character is going through and what they have to face and deal with. And it's represented in their biggest fear mm. and so mm-hmm. at the end um, she goes down to the basement to feed the babadook which is basically like her recovering from her grief you know mm-hmm. and so yeah, yeah like th- this is why this film i think is definitely a very good example of where modern horror storytelling is going mm-hmm. you know yeah. you have um a lot of the the things that characters go through are very personal and um horror is like something that we are terrified and we fear when we watch films and this is something that characters are afraid of too Mm. and sometimes it's not the easiest thing to deal and confront with and that's where this film shows and they do a very good job with it so you know i think the babadook could be a really good i think somebody could could adapt the babadook into a really good um theater production yeah oh my god Um, because all you need is (laughs) (laughs) all you need is two characters you need you need oh three if you count the babadook yeah um you need the mother you need the son and then you need the babadook and or the husband yeah yeah and or the husband yeah Mm -hmm. the the person who plays the babadook could also play the husband yeah and and that's all you really need to tell this story um and i think i think that that also is one of the kind of characteristics of modern horror is that you don't need this huge cast of of people playing random characters who just die like the point Mm -hmm. of them is to just die right like like in scream or last episode they had an ensemble cast of characters who just died yeah it was like a murder spree going on but here it's like no it's just one character and and like its location setting is very simple too it mainly takes place in the house you know in the Mm -hmm. house streets the garage Mm -hmm. the The car her workplace yeah like that's it that's really it yeah um so this like you know creating horror films like on a very limited budget like that's Mm kind of because you're dealing with mainly just the characters and what they're facing. So yeah. it's, yeah. So yeah. I, yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I also love this film. Too. Yeah, but you're not going to rewatch it by yourself. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, okay, so the last, because the thing, okay, the thing about this film, this film does not use as much CG, so it's very practical effects. So mm-hmm. when you see the Babadook, it's very practical. And so that's why it's so creepy, because there's a scene where, the Babadook pops out of the closet and you just see it like approaching you, just approaching the characters with like its claws out. And you're like, oh my God, what is that? Oh my God, get away from me. You know, like it's so creepy. <laughs> just just the way it moved, you know. Um, so yeah, this film does a very, very good job 
just scaring the bejesus out of you. Not, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah in, in so. a in a creepy sort of way. Yeah, uh-huh. for sure. Yeah, it, it kind of transcends horror tropes uh, in that way. So mm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, which is which is also another characteristic of modern horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it okay. just it doesn't follow the typical tropes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So our next film is a quiet place. Mm. A Quiet Place is a film about a small family who it's are... It's about a quiet place. <laughs> <laughs> a quiet Place is about a quiet place? It's about a small family who lives in a quiet place. <laughs> yeah. No, but um, so basically the world is kind of like in this post-apocalyptic timeline mm-hmm. where aliens have invaded the earth and these creatures hunt by sound. So if you make any kind of noise... These creatures are going to hunt you down and basically, you know, kill you, hunt you yeah, down. Yeah, they have this sort of, like, predatory, like, instinct to just kill anything that makes noise for mm-hmm. some reason. Yeah. yeah, and so this story is a lot more character-based. You kind of, so the very opening scene, you have the family, they're in this grocery store, and they're kind of scavenging, scavenging mm-hmm. for supplies. And the youngest son wants this little airplane toy rocket this rocket toy mm-hmm. you're right it is a rocket yeah i s- yeah it's a rocket for, yeah, for some it, reason it, i always <laughs> what were you gonna say i thought it was an airplane no it's a rocket because like the reason why the sister gave him the toy was because like he had drawn a rocket on the floor oh. and he was like and she was like oh rocket cool and then he's like yeah this is how we're gonna get away from all this you know, oh, okay. is, is by is by going on this rocket together. Oh my god, I totally missed that. This is like the second <laughs> this is, time watching this. Film. This is why totally you fell asleep. <laughs> this is why I fell asleep. <laughs> this is why you stopped. I missed these um, little nuances. Yeah. So oh. like in the beginning, like he's drawing with a piece of chalk, like in the store, and he draws this rocket, and and then he tells that to his sister, and then he finds the toy rocket, and he really wants it, mm-hmm. and then John Krasinski, who plays the dad comes slowly takes the battery out of the toy because it's a toy that makes noise and then he tells his son in sign language you can't have it because it's too loud they end up all leaving and it's just the daughter and the youngest son in the store and she takes the rocket and hands it to him and she's like be quiet don't tell them i gave you this and then she leaves and then she doesn't watch her youngest brother because he takes the batteries with him because since you know oh my sister gave me the rocket so it's okay if i grab all of it right it's just kind of this innocent moment because he's a kid you know and he Mm -hmm. he wants to play but anyway this is still all the opening scene y'all yep and like and they walk on this trail of sand that they've laid out that goes from the town to where they're staying so they're walking on this trail of sand and they get to this bridge and most of them cross the bridge except the youngest boy is at the very end and he puts the batteries back into the rocket and he pushes the button that makes a sound and the whole time in this entire opening scene there's no music there's barely any sound because they're trying to be very quiet everybody's Mm -hmm. speaking in sign language because their voices are too loud and as soon as that rocket makes a sound john krasinski's character like just like his facial expression like turns to this terror and he looks back to see that it's his youngest son's toy and he runs as fast as he can across the bridge to try to get to him before the monsters do 
But then the alien comes and just kills the youngest son on the spot. There's no gore or anything like that. But then as soon as, you know, the slash kind of happens, it just kind of like the opening montage of A Quiet Place, you mm-hmm. know? Such an amazing opening scene. Yeah. I thought the opening scene was just, oh, so good. So mm-hmm. well done. Yep. It just kind of creates this kind of tension, you know? That's yep. like, man, we have to be quiet. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we have then, to stay quiet yeah. or else we will die. Yeah. Um, and it sets up the world, what we're kind mm-hmm. of expecting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very well done. Yeah. Very, very well done. So the daughter is deaf. And throughout the film, Lee, who is the, the father, uh, or John Francis's character, and he tries to find ways to build a hearing aid for her. But he isn't very successful. And it's yeah. after the opening scene, there's like one year later kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so uh, throughout this whole time, the daughter keeps sneaking that. She thinks it's her fault. She thinks that the father blames her for giving him the toy, like the youngest son, the toy. Mm-hmm. And so she has this weird guilt always kind of building up. Yeah. All four characters have their own little mini arcs that we all kind of see. The son. The, so there's another character, the oldest son. He is he is very afraid of these creatures because, mm-hmm. you know, just because of the kind of childhood he's had to live, you know, the life mm-hmm. he's had to live. Mm-hmm. And... um that's where his father tries to like teach him how to survive, you know, because like, like they will always be there for them. So he teaches him how to like survive and how to live this kind of life, you know, because you just kind of have to. So he's kind of mm-hmm. teaching him the ropes and him kind of growing up, him like, you know, getting older. Mm-hmm. And you have the mother who is pregnant. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who is pregnant and then she kind of has to bear through this you know in this kind of setting and then you have the father who is just always trying to look out for his family and uh these four character arcs like beautifully just kind of intertwine interweave within each other mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i think that's all i pretty much have to say because yeah uh, to be honest like i the magic of this film for me was trying to figure out what's going to happen next like where what was going to happen next but because this is my second time watching i already kind of know what happens so mm. the mystery just kind of killed it for me i'm like <laughs> okay like i already know what's going to happen so it's, i'm not too invested into it because there's so much like subtle nuances to this film like the reason why, why it's part of this subgenre is because it's more built on character arcs and character themes more mm-hmm. so than the actual horror element itself. And I yeah. think that's where it's already good storytelling. But yeah. to blend that kind of setting with horror yeah. and good character arcs, that, that makes it even mm-hmm. like way better storytelling. So Yeah, yeah. I, I would also say that like um, these stories are not like point A to point B. These elements are also characteristic of like non-Western storytelling or Eastern storytelling, if you want to put a label on it it's more of a circular sort of story. Like in the Babadook, right. there's no point A to point B. It's just this woman who's trying to live her life, you know? Mm-hmm. And the same thing in A Quiet Place. It's, it's this family trying to survive. Like, that's the story. There's no, like, oh, we're trying to get from the East Coast to the West Coast because that's where the sanctuary is, you know? Right. Like, that would com- that would make a completely different story. Mm-hmm. But instead, what we have is we're, we're sitting in this day-to-day life of this family stuck in this apocalyptic sort of world where life is completely different and changed. And you have each character going through their own sort of grief or problem or story arc, you know, like you said. Mm -hmm. And I think that 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 is like one of the main characteristics of modern horror is just not how do we get from point A to point B, but really what is the story that is happening between and the relationship that's happening between all these characters. Right. Um, and, and what can we learn from this, you know? 
And so I thought A Quiet Place was beautiful. Hands down, John Krasinski, this was his directorial debut and also his, I think his writing debut as well. Don't quote me on it, y'all, but I think this is true. And I think he did great. Mm-hmm. The chemistry between him and Emily Blunt <laughs> is there because they're, you know, real life yeah. husband and wife. Yeah. Um, so it's super easy for them to act that on the screen. And Emily Blunt's acting, oh my goodness, like so well done. What happens in the movie is the eldest son and the dad go out to hunt to get fish. And so the wife is at home by herself. The daughters kind of run away, but the mom doesn't know that. Emily Blunt doesn't know that. And then Emily Blunt's water breaks while she's doing chores around the house. And then her water breaks. So she's like, oh, I need to turn the lights and flip the lights because the signal for flipping the lights is like danger or like I'm in labor or something. It's not very clear, Mm -hmm. but it's like help. And so she tries to go downstairs but there's this nail sticking up on one of the steps down into the basement and she steps on the nail not knowing that it's there and it punctures through her foot and she drops something and it shatters on the floor and then the aliens come to the house and she's Mm -hmm. in like real trouble and the whole time she's like walking with this gushing wound coming like gushing Mm -hmm. blood wound out of her foot she like tries to like walk around the house and and her acting is just superb in this whole thing and she goes and she gives birth in a bathtub you know <laughs> like it's yeah. just like she's just she just does a phenomenal job with it and i was crying when john krasinski's character spoiler alert dies there's a difference between like when in it chapter two when stan kills himself versus like when john krasinski's character in a quiet place kills himself because i think the one with John Krasinski's character is that he is like sacrificing himself in a sense, you know, mm-hmm. to like save his kids because he needs to make a distraction to distract the aliens while the kids release the truck and then yeah. and then and then get away and make noise with that. But then for Stan's character in It Chapter Two, if you guys should go back and listen to this if you haven't, like he kills himself at the beginning of the film and in a sense just like commits suicide. That's what he does. And so I think there's like a huge just kind of difference between the two there. I think that both are terrible. But then I also think that in this case, John Krasinski was trying to save his kids and protect them, you know. Mm -hmm. And what made it better was that the daughter felt like she wasn't loved at all. Yeah, the whole time. time, And that was the best way he could show that he really did mm-hmm. and that's the best way she could see that and that's yeah. what makes it way more impactful than anything else i think in this film in my mm-hmm. opinion this was the scene that made this film for me him sacrificing himself just because it's like you know there's no other way they thought of other ways but it just didn't work and you know this is what he has to do mm-hmm. you know and yeah. because he loves his kids you know mm-hmm. and yeah it's very very impactful so yeah Yeah, and I think this movie does such an amazing job just telling the story of family. Again, these are kind of like Asian American traits, you know, in this film, which I think is really funny because John Krasinski wrote it and directed it and did all this stuff. But this still has these traits of family, cyclical story and character development as the main parts of the story. So I think it's really interesting that a Western Hollywood film kind of has these elements to it. Mm -hmm. I remember the scene specifically where, where the husband and wife are talking in the basement after Emily Blunt's character had given birth. And Emily Blunt is like, where are the kids? And he's like, I don't know where they are. And then she's like, who are we if we can't protect these kids? Like, who are we? And it's just this, it just tells this wonderful story of these 
parents, their entire identity is tied to these children, mm-hmm. you know, that like if, that if they didn't have these children, like they're nobody. And if they can't protect them, then they're also nobody. That's yeah. not to say that if you don't have kids, you know, then you're nobody. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying like these characters, their identities are intrinsically tied to the relationship that they have with their children. And I think that that's beautiful for family, especially a story mm-hmm. on family. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that was a okay. lot. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I think that's it, right? You have anything else to add? No, I that's that's all I have. Watch a quiet place if you haven't seen it. Yeah, um, and watch the Babadook with friends. <laughs> yeah, please watch it with friends. Like if you watch it by yourself, you'll I'll give you like a like a badge of approval because I managed to do it by myself. And yeah, I we don't should know make a shirt. <laughs> Seriously, I don't know how I survived. Yeah, I watched the Babadook alone and survived. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. yeah. Um, but oh. yeah, so. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, fun little fact about the Babadook. The Babadook has become sort of like a character or icon for LGBTQ. Yeah, I read Um, that. (laughs) You read that? (laughs) Yeah, I read that. I thought it was just so funny and random. But like, I remember there was this t-shirt with the Babadook on it and like LGBTQ stuff. And I was like, huh? And I was looking up the story and I was like, that's just so random. (laughs) Yeah. It was meant to be a joke at first, but people just started taking it seriously. (laughs) But if you haven't heard, just Google Babadook and LGBTQ and you'll find the story. (laughs) yeah Yeah, so again these two stories babadook and a quiet place are just one of the few examples of where horror storytelling is kind of transcending yeah so definitely check them out that's pretty much it for this episode of the outside story tune in again with us for tomorrow where we'll be talking about horror comedy where we'll be discussing cabin in the woods released in 2012 and the i-10 released in 2005 take care (laughs) 